The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com podcasts. Investment advisor Raymond Lucia beat the Securities and Exchange Commission at the Supreme Court over his allegedly misleading buckets of money retirement presentations. But in the latest round of his legal battles with the agency, the SEC beat Lucia. It all revolves around the agency's in-house judges, but it gets a little confusing. And here to sort it all out is Peter Henning, a professor at Wayne State University Law School and a former senior attorney at the SEC. Peter, start by telling us about the Supreme Court's ruling last year. Well, what the court ruled was that uh, the SEC's administrative law judges had to be appointed by the full commission, that they were, under the Constitution, they were what's called an inferior officer. That doesn't mean they're not good, but they have to be appointed by someone who is the head of a department, and so the Supreme Court said, and in fact the Trump administration had come into the Supreme Court and said the way they were appointed was incorrect, that it has to be the full SEC that appoints them. So what the SEC did uh, when the case was in front of the Supreme Court is they went back and essentially reappointed all six of the administrative law judges so that they had the proper appointment under the Constitution. So at that point, the SEC could have dropped the case, but it chose not to. How egregious were Lucia's alleged misstatements? Well, the SEC's point is, you know, it's a very evocative name, Buckets of Money. Um, (laughs) And that they said that there was a PowerPoint presentation that he would provide in these seminars that was misleading, that in fact, it did not really reflect how the investments were being operated. So the SEC went after him for a violation of Rule 10b-5, which is uh, making a misstatement or omission to investors. And so uh, the case then went to a different administrative law judge. It couldn't go in front of the one who'd originally heard the case, so they sent it to a different judge. And that judge is now going to be hearing the case. But Mr. Lucia had challenged that, trying to stop the SEC's administrative law process from going forward. So was his, his problem was basically the same thing, that he didn't want an SEC administrative judge ruling on his case? Well, that, that's right. I mean, the, uh, the defense bar does not like administrative proceedings because they go on a much shorter timetable. And unlike a case filed in a federal district court, you don't have discovery, or at least not discovery to the same extent that you would in a case in a federal district court. So 
that has always been a consistent complaint of defense lawyers that we're getting essentially the SEC has a home field advantage, um, if you want to use a football analogy, and that they get too much of a benefit by going down the administrative road. And so I think he wanted the SEC to file its case in a federal district court so that he could get in front of a jury, uh, whereas in an SEC administrative proceeding, you're in front of one judge who was, in fact, appointed by the SEC. So what did the district court say? Well, the district court said that there's a very clear process for challenging the SEC's decision, and that is to go into the federal court of appeals, that you can't go to the federal district court. And so the district judge in San Diego said, don't come here. Um, If you want to stop this, fine, go into the circuit court or wait until the SEC decides your case. Maybe they'll decide it in your favor, but um, this is not the right place for you to come. The federal district court can't hear the case at this point in time, that it has to go through the SEC process, and then you go to one of the courts of appeals. Do the circuits agree on that? To this point, they are in agreement that if you want to challenge an SEC decision, you have to go to the court of appeals. You can't run into the district court saying, and what Lucia asked for was an injunction stopping the SEC, and the district judge said, you got the wrong court. Uh, You're not in the right place. Wait until the process plays out, and then if you want to challenge the decision, go ahead and challenge it. So, Peter, you worked at the SEC. Is it likely that there are some settlement negotiations going on? I would not be surprised if there were. This has become now for Mr. Lucia a very expensive process, and going through another set of hearings is going to just drive up his attorney's fees. So if he can work out something favorable with the SEC, it would not surprise me if he could, but I, you know, I get the feeling the SEC may have uh, drawn a line in the sand, and they may not be all that amenable to settling. And so they may want to see this case go back in front of the administrative judge and then see if they can win it in the SEC, see if they can win it in the Court of Appeals. Because the I want to also get your in, insight into the fine. He, he was fined $300,000 and barred for life from working as a financial advisor in 2012 by that SEC judge. That sounds a little harsh. The, oh, certainly that is. Um, you know, that basically, you've taken away his means of earning a living. Um, but I, I think the finding by the administrative judge was that the misstatements that were made in the presentations were so bad that that's a very heavy penalty. And I would be surprised if the SEC came back with the same kind of penalties. It wouldn't surprise me if they maybe tried to knock him out of being an investment advisor for a year or two. But those are very, very heavy penalties. And it would surprise me if the SEC went down that road again and if the commission, the full five commissioners, ended up going down that road again, too.
Just about a minute here. So what can he do now? He can either go forward with the SEC hearing before an administrative judge, or can he appeal this ruling by the district court? Uh, the district judge said, you're out of this court. You're in the wrong court. <laughs> Um, so I think uh, Mr. Lucci is going to have to fight this out in the administrative proceeding and then hope maybe he can get a favorable hearing in a court of appeals, either in the District of Columbia or wherever the case is being pursued. All right. Thanks so much, Peter, for your insights. That's Peter Henning, a professor at Wayne State University Law School. The saga of Raymond Lucia continues. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.